What's up, Rad Dads? Welcome back to another episode of the Rad Dads podcast, hosted by none other than the two raddest dads on the East Coast. Uh, in studio tonight is me and Rob, but we also have a special guest. Our guest tonight is a very distinguished individual, a Rad Dad who has been on the show before and holds the Series 676365 Securities Registration through LPL Financial. He also maintains his life, disability, health, and variable insurance licenses. He also received his AIF, Accredited Investment Fiduciary, in 2016. Please welcome to the show, to our podcast, he's our financial guru, Richard Latito. Richard, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Do you like that intro? I love that intro. That was super, super awesome. Do you think Sal has any idea what all those series means? Absolutely not. All right. There are a series of numbers. That's all I know. Series of numbers. That's it. You know what? That you know what? The only thing that matters is they mean something to Rich. Well, there were some letters in there too, but and the SEC <laughs> and the SEC. Yeah. All right, Rich. So in past episodes, we've gone over your familia and talked about your kids and and you know, your work-life balance. This time we're really just going to get into the financials. New year, new investment strategies. So how do you stay up to date on the financial news and market trends? And how do you apply that information to advising your clients? Of course. So uh, I go straight to the data. We look at, um, we have a data provider that we use and uh, we've partnered with them to get their information, get their data and, it's just economic data, straight economic data. There's no feeling, there's no emotion about that data. It's just the math. So we take that math and it's it's digested in our office in, in a way that we say, all right, if this is happening economically in certain areas of the market, how does that affect the other areas of the market downstream? And then ultimately, what does that mean for overall rate of return for our clients, volatility and the like? And obviously, as we know and have seen in 2022, the volatility of the market had definitely gone up, had increased. So is there, is there one particular individual that gathers all this data, right, and says, okay, I, I, we got all this information and this is how I interpret it and this is how I think we should gear our strategies? Or is it, okay, a bunch of guys sitting around a table and say, okay, this is all the data we're getting, and this is how I interpret it, and this is how I interpret it. You know, because being an engineer, uh, I can have a set, a set of plans on the table, and I'll read the plans, and I interpret it one way. I walk out the room, another engineer comes in, they look at the plans, and they can interpret it a different way. So are, are there, like, multiple interpretations, or is like, okay, this is this is what the data is saying, these are what the numbers are showing, and this is the direction we're going in. Is, is it fairly yeah. cut and dry, or? It, it is, but there is gray area, right? So obviously the, the data is the data, and we we don't change the data that we receive. We just take that data and we say, all right, the data has changed from last month or last quarter or last year over year, and we do with what we need to do with that data. In the way of saying that, is the market getting better? Is the data, is these various data points getting better or are they, you know, going on a downward trend? Are they going on an upward trend or a downward trend is really what it comes down to. Um, and, you know, with that, so we, we obviously, uh, there's a lot of areas to invest in, but there's during 
various economic cycles and periods, there's only certain areas that you should be invested in during that period of time because everything else or a lot of the other things, uh, investments aren't going to do as good uh, or they're going to lose value. Um, so we try to allocate clients' accounts appropriately based upon where we are in the overall economic cycle. So for instance, if we are in a rising interest rate environment, what investments do best in that type of environment versus conversely, if we are and go to in the future, a declining interest rate environment, then how do we shift gears and go to those types of investments that work the best in a decreasing interest rate environment? As we're in an a increasing interest rate envi- environment, what would you be advising your clients to to go into? Yeah, so it's from from our perspective, right? We, we have our models and we manage models based upon the clients' individual risk. So very high level, right? So you have a growth investor, a moderate risk, a moderate growth investor, and then a conservative person. And then there's some avenues that you could take in, inside of those three, but with the, using those three, right? So we try to say during normal market circumstances, we're going to invest very aggressively, more aggressively in the growth side of things. Um, even if the market is good, everything's going uh, good. All the data points are going up. Conversely, on the conservative side, even when all of that is happening, we're not going to invest as aggressively in equity markets. We're going to maintain more of a um, a balanced position between equities and bonds and cash. So what we look to do is just to put clients into uh, understand their risk, put them into a model that meets their risk profile, and then invest inside of that uh, the most appropriate. It, it is... Uh, this would not be the forum to discuss individual positions that are specific to various climates or, or, or market um, periods. But, you know, that that is a more um, personal conversation to have with a, a client. But at the end of the day, what we do look to do is to, again, just minimize the client's risk in uh, the risk that they're willing to take on. So in, in your opinion, right, the, the current economic climate, ha, I, I guess it all depends on, on, on how our, whether we want to be aggressive or, or conservative. So the question is, in your opinion, the current economic climate, how do you think it'll invest our, our, our uh, investments? But it all depends on whether you're conservatively conservatively invested or aggressively invested yeah everybody's feelings of risk are are different you know i feel one way about risk you feel a different way about risk so my job is to as best as i can to uncover how they initially feel about risk what has been their experience around market fluctuations in the past uh, a lot of the investors that i deal with have gone through 2008 they have gone through 2001, not every one of them, but the vast majority of the clients that I have at least had gone through 2008. And then, of course, there's the ones that have gone through uh, even the ones into the 90s. I started, I, so I want to say that I got licensed right after 9-11. So I, I watched uh, what happened to the market because of a external market event. Right. So an event that was not controlled or um, 
perpetrated by our, our government in the way that they didn't raise interest rates, they didn't lower interest rates, they they didn't affect that policy by uh, monetary monetary policy or anything of that nature, uh, monetary or fiscal policy. It was an external event. So coming into the market and watching what ha- had happened from the beginning of the dot-com bust into 9-11 and then watching how that had affected the markets, but not only how it affected markets, but how it affected people and their emotions, and their reactions to it. So my basis for my job is almost like a, a financial psychologist where I try to help my clients minimize their emotional response to these uh, things when they happen, is, is that these events do occur. Um, they will occur. They will continue to occur. And our job is to look at the data and read the data as best as we can and make decisions based upon the data and not in an emotional response. That, that's that got to be the hardest part of your job it is, is trying to, 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 to um, coach your clients away from the emotion and just, and just follow the numbers because look, I, I, I've invested in stocks myself and I'm going to be the first one to tell you my, my emotions are fucking crazy. Holy shit. Uh, uh, I, I got to sell. I got to sell. I got to sell. It's dipping. It's dipping. It's dipping. I'm going to lose out. I got to buy, buy, buy. And, and yeah, it, it's hard to take the emotion out of it. Well, you think about all the hard work that you put towards earning that money, right? So the time away from your family, the the blood, sweat, and tears that you put into that And to get to the point of earning those dollars and then watching and putting those dollars into an investment and then watching that investment deteriorate is, it's heart wrenching sometimes. And it is also then further to that out of your control. So as a person and as a, as a, especially as a father, right, we try to control our environments as best as we can to control uh, the environments that our kids are in, have a safe environment, things of that nature, right? To a certain extent. But the market sometimes feel completely out of our control. We have no control over whatever we do. There's nothing that I can do or say to the market. I can yell at the market all I want, and it's not going to change. I'm going to say you're punished, but it's not going to change. I'm going to try to... To encourage the market, but it's still not going to change. So there's well, come on, that- come on. You're rich, Latito. You can't tweet something and 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 skew the market in a direction. <laughs> so I try to I try to uh, minimize my amount of market manipulation as best as possible. <laughs> <laughs> that dude, that but that that in itself is crazy. How someone like Elon Musk, he he just tweets something and, and can send the market, you know, in either direction. I mean, not only Elon Musk, but, you know, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates and uh, Jeff Bezos, any of those people, just just a, a slight hint on something. You know, they can send the market in either direction, which is which is crazy. And that's why we try to ignore, honestly, ignore all of that and just try to focus on where we are uh, from a data perspective. Right. And data sets, if if. If Microsoft is is data set is not looking good, if Tesla is not looking good, then our data is going to point us in the direction of how we act. So, what what is the current state of the the market? It's tough, right? So there's just 
it's a very volatile period of time. There's a lot of things happen economically. Um, and there's just, you know, as, as Daniel Kahneman had said that there's just a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of talking heads. There's a lot of information coming from whatever uh, direction that you look and one side says one thing, the other side says it's the other thing. And again, my job is to just keep my clients on, on task, right? So if the task, if the goal is to get to retirement, that's great. Are we retiring tomorrow? And if the answer is no, then we don't need to worry about today's news flow. We just need to uh, put our heads down, ignore the talking heads, allow me to do with what you had hired me to do and manage your accounts appropriately through this market storm. And on the other side of it, we'll, you know, we'll make it through and we'll come out and we'll invest, you know, more traditionally. Um, because again, as of right now, I mean, we have a lot of, a lot of, a lot of cash, uh, a lot of uh, bonds, a lot of just conservative investments, not your traditional growth oriented investments that we would normally have. And that's where it comes down to is just uh, going back to the idea of just diversify your portfolio, right? You, you want to have a little bit here, a little bit there. But again, we, we have it in, in columns, right? So we want to have columns of what works in various economic scenarios. And, and that's how we, we establish our models is, is that if in some specific type of scenario, certain asset classes are going to work better than others. So I'll give you, for instance, I know that I, I said that I wouldn't, but, you know, uh, gold in the U.S. dollar has been good investments over the course of the past year just because of where we are from an economic uh, data flow. But in, in 2021, when the economic data flow was different, were those good investments for? No, they, they, they weren't. They, they didn't work. They a, a more aggressive um just traditional equities, commodities were the the best place to invest. Um, so we determined where we are economically. And then in that column, this is the best places to invest. And we have uh, a few of those columns that define the market of where we are. And uh, that's part of our, our data provider that uh, helps us define where we are from an economic flow scenario. So is it safe to assume that in times like this, people... Uh, people become super conservative and then they start investing in, in gold and, and, you know, uh, stuff like that. So it's, it's not, it's not specifically just the investor, right? So no one has come to me and said, oh, that's not true. I have had a few clients come to me and said that they want physical gold. Um, I, we don't, I don't, my firm and I do not. Uh, handle the delivery of uh, physical gold. So if that is something I got, that you, I, I got a guy. Yeah. So if that is something that you're looking <laughs> to do, you, you need to, to, you know, figure that out on your own. And that comes with uh, an increased cost, right? So obviously the, one of the, uh, I've looked into it. One of the first things that they talk about is securing the, obviously the gold, right? How do you secure it? Um, obviously in a safe or something of that nature. And then, for whatever reason, uh, people love talking about their investments. They, I bought 100 shares of ABC stock yesterday, and the thing's worth you know so much more now, and I'm, I'm making good money. They do the same thing with the gold. You know, I just bought 40 grand of gold, and I put it in my bedroom, and you know that, <laughs> and then all suddenly your house gets robbed, and 
you know, things of that nature occur. And obviously that's not the norm of things, but it, there, it opens up another set of things to worry and be concerned about. Right. But, and then what, what is your exit strategy for that goal? So every time that we buy a position, whether it's an individual stock, an ETF, a bond, a mutual fund, whatever it may be, we have an idea of where we want to get into it and where we want to get out of it. And we're in that thought process for gold. We want to get into gold at this price and we want to get out of gold at this price. And to do that with physical gold is, that's a longer term investment. So if a client says, you know, listen, I'll, I'll be willing to hold a certain uh, portion of gold for 10, 20, 30 years. How about it? But that's, that's not going to be us. And we're going to take the, we do, there are gold uh, ETFs that we invest clients' assets in, a portion of clients' assets in. But again, we have an entry and we have an exit position. How has the pandemic impacted the financial markets? It changed a, a lot in, in the way that I see it, right? It changed the idea of, how we work, um, the idea that we can work remotely. Uh, we don't have to be physically in a commercial real estate setting to achieve our job. Not everybody, right? Not not 100% across the board. And uh, let's just divide it in half to, to make it easy for a second. Half of the, uh, half of the people continue to maintain a, a, a Zoom digital presence in their home and the other half went back to work, sometimes begrudgingly. Um, but with that, it, it, the way that I see it is, is that it definitely did change the trajectory of um, employees working. And that forced employers to reconsider their, you know, 30,000 square feet, you know, commercial real estate. And I, I don't see that changing. So, you know, I, I realized that because I'm able to work from home a portion of my time outside of meeting with my clients is that I have the opportunity to minimize uh, my commute to uh, the office through traffic. I don't have to spend that money on gas that wear and tear on my car. I can spend that time either on my business or with my family or make a decision on what, what I want to do with that extra time. Uh, it just allows me to be more efficient. So I feel like I, I'm more efficient and able to do more now than I was before the pandemic. And the pandemic, in that good way, forced that issue because I didn't have that option during the pandemic. Right? I had to, I had to adapt through this through force. I, I didn't have that choice. And um, I see that with a, with a lot of clients now that um, literally. I would say half of the clients are, are at their house and the other half are in the office. I mean, you're a nurse, you're a doctor, you got to be in the office. You got to go to the hospital. And which we are neither. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, we, we, uh, we are forced to keep the power on, so. Yeah, yeah, as we all are. Power, lights, and uh, the kids like to be fed every so often. Uh, if they behave, right? <laughs> three things, Sal, three things. Food as a reward system. I like it. So uh, uh, I would love to, to, to continue to go down the rabbit hole of gold, but um, I'm gonna, what, what are the risk and opportunities in the current financial markets? So, so Sal, I'll, I'll 
I'll help you end that that conversation really at the end of the day. And, and then I'll come back to your question. Uh, really, at the end of the day is, is that you just want to take a long term view with all of your assets, whether it's, it's real estate, your cars, your, your Mickey Mantle rookie cards that you have stashed away, whatever it is that you have that you consider to be an investment that you want to sell at one time or another in the, in the future, you want to decide you know, take it a longer term view. Don't, don't say I'm going to hold this uh, shit coin for two months and then I'm going to buy myself a Lamborghini. It just doesn't work that way. But, but could it be, could it be like the tinfoil hat people that I, I want this gold just in case, you know, uh, uh, shit hits the fan, the end of the world kind of deal, doomsday or, or the apocalypse. I got something to barter and trade with. So taking a, a little bit of a side side route there, I watched uh, The Last of Us on HBO, and uh, I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but um, Nick Wofferman, the, the guy from uh, Parks and Recs, uh, was the doomsday prepper of the, the show. A great, great show, great start so far, so I recommend that you guys watch it, but he was the doomsday prepper, right? <clears throat> so... They're coming around, the government, coming around, they're rounding up everybody. He's in his basement. He's got the cameras on. He's watching everybody upstairs. And then he he goes, what did he say? Not today, new world bootjackers or something of that nature. They leave. <laughs> they take the people. They're going to the quarantine, whatever it is that they're They're going to uh, uh, quarantine zones. He wants to stay. And he's, I believe, in Massachusetts. Um, but regardless, so he stays. And he doesn't have to interact with people. There, there are no people. There is no this barter system. He is set up self-sufficiently where then he takes his truck, goes around town, starts gathering all the supplies. He actually builds a border around this little town, his little house, and, and he lives life. And enjoys life in that way. I mean, uh, there's, I mean, I see no piles of gold sitting in the corner. He, he can't <laughs> eat it. But what he was, uh, what what he did have was the the knowledge to be able to to, to trap animals, to 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 grow uh, vegetables and, and fruits, and be able to live and survive off of the land of of what, what, what's around us. Uh, but not to have to interact with society versus the people in the quarantine zone. That's what they were doing at a very regulated situation under the very watchful eye of the, it's called the FEDRA, uh, of the FEDRA, the, the government that was established in these quarantine zones. And looking back as a you know third party objective person here, I'm like, I want to be that guy. I want to live by myself. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. New world bootjackers. And I'll, I'll figure it out on my own. But gold, what the point of it is, is that gold didn't help. Knowledge helps. Right. So I, I've been, um, I'm not saying that I, you know, am sitting here learning how to skin animals and things of that nature. <laughs> no, but <laughs> as you know, I, I enjoy a, uh, uh, boy scouts and, uh, that has helped help my knowledge in the way of uh, um, living out in the outdoors and setting up certain things. But I mean, you got to check it out. He had uh, awesome, awesome bushcraft that is well and way beyond my comprehension. Definitely got to check that out. So when you bring on a new client and they bring their money to you, right? 
do you advise them to kind of, I don't want to say hand over all their money, but do you advise them for you to manage their total estate or do you say, Hey, listen, keep, you know, 50, hundred grand or whatever. So you can do your own investments or, you know, is it a little bit of a, and a little bit of B and really dependent on the person. Yeah. So it's going to be dependent on the person. I'm, I'm not a a force. I'm I'm not going to go in to a prospective client with a crowbar and say, listen, you, you need to lift up everything that you have and move it over to me and my firm. That that's, that causes immediate conflict. Um, and that's not a relationship built on trust. Um, trust is earned and not just given and trust is earned over a period of time. You know, I've met you for five, 10, 15, let's say four or five hours, even either a small amount of time or an intermediate amount of time. I mean, I've known Sal for many, many years and he barely even trusts me. <laughs> that's not true that's not true i want to i want to build trust with with clients so if they feel most comfortable in saying that of my assets i'm willing to give you 20 25 of it and let's see how you and your firm do great that's a win i'm there to help people and if that's what you you want me to help you with I'm, I'm there to serve. I work for you. And if that's what you like to do, no problem. All that I ask is, is that you let's talk about what else you have. So this way we're not doubling up on, you know, we don't want to, I don't want to buy Apple over here and you own a ton of Apple over there that I don't know about. As long as I know about it, it's not a problem. So this way we can coordinate the strategy. Um, but when you go to the doctor, it's not like the, you know, you tell the doctor every prescription that you're make, that you're taking. Because different prescriptions have different interactions with each other, right? So if you don't tell that doctor everything and he gives you something, but conversely, you don't want to tell him about your other, you know, maybe your cardiologist or whatever it may be, and they're giving you a medication, and now these two are in conflict with each other, that's kind of like the situation that we can get into with a financial perspective, right? And that's in the areas of taxes, uh, uh, overall, what happens when you pass away? So we want to make sure that things are properly registered. Um, and we ultimately, again, want to go back to a diversified portfolio. So if we are doing stuff, um, you know, on top of or indifference of what you were doing on the other side, that, 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 that's not a winning situation. So that's fine. Keep yourself. You do what you have to do over there. Um, let's just have a conversation about it. And it, it does come down to disclosure from a client perspective, right? Is, is that the government does expect us to quote unquote, know our clients and we know our clients through those conversations. Um, if the client's not willing to give all of that information or, you know, be fully and open, open, honest about that situation, I, I might take pause and step back and say, maybe me and my firm are not for you and your family. But, you know, if you're open, I'm not going to share it with anybody. I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm not going to put it on Twitter. Um, But what I am going to do with it is just to ensure that the plan that I create for you is appropriate for the one that you already have in place. So one thing I'd like to say, Rich, is I absolutely trust you. Rich, I've known you for many years. And for everybody that's listening, Rich has never, ever, ever steered me down a wrong path. Rich has always given me the options. He told me what uh, the current economic climate or what the market is. 
and he allowed me to make my decision. He never said, this is what you're doing. This is where you're going. Um, he, he respected my thoughts. He, he respected uh, uh, my money and, and never, ever, ever guided me down the wrong path. I appreciate that, Sal. Thank you so much. It was very kind of you to say. Did you bribe him? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just you know kidding. What? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> wait, wait. I, I do have a question. So before uh, Rob said, when when your clients come to you with with all their money, I have a. So do they come to you with their money? Is it brown bags? Is it duffel bags? I, I mean, what so what funny. what? How have they come? <laughs> They've come with Mickey Mantle rookie cards. So they're like, how, how can we monetize these? So no, I'll. I'll the everything's electronic, right? So they come with a statement, a piece of paper saying that I got, you know, there's some digits on here. It says that I own some stuff over here. And then I take that, I put through, through an analysis. And then all suddenly after we engage with them and they're okay with moving their assets, that piece of paper suddenly has a different letterhead on it. It's a very exciting process. <laughs> it went from letterhead A to letterhead B. So it's... So you, you you never been uh, you never had the experience of somebody just showing up with a duffel bag say hey th- what can I do with this? No, there's never been a time of my career that the government has allowed us to uh, take capture of physical dollars. Uh, they did allow us to take capture of physical um, security stocks at the beginning of my career that they far few between even exist anymore. Um, like stock certificates. So imagine somebody coming in with you know a soft certificate that says I own a thousand shares of Exxon or whatever it may be. Um, but that's, that's all digital today. So no, I've never, never had that uh, situation. People have, have showed me within their house, their, their stashes and like their apocalyptical situations, but it's not something that I would take and give a receipt for and invest those monies. You have to take (laughs) the client. If they want to invest those monies, they have to take that to a personal bank and deposit it into their personal bank account. And then I would be more than happy to take a check from them from said bank, but it has to go through (laughs) the federal reserve supercomputers first. Soon to be digital currency. Um. So 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 going back to that, Sal. Uh, right, real quick is is that I I do my best to live my life in such a way, and and the best way that I've I've been able to find it is is and I I teach this to the I, I've said this to the scouts. Um, is the West Point's cadets honors code? It is a cadet will not lie, cheat, steal, or tolerate those who do. So if I don't want to do that stuff. I'm, I don't expect myself to lie, cheat, or steal. I'm not going to have dealings with people that are are in that situation. And unfortunately, there was a lot of um, companies, and I'm not going to get into names, but a lot of uh, uh, crypto providers in 2022 that were exactly that. And it's just, it's unfortunate that when you have a, a high net worth investor putting some monies into that and they lost it, it it's a different story from you know, Bob the plumber that put his life savings into that and lost all of it because of their, their lying, their cheating and their stealing. Yeah, that, that, that's, that is a motto to live by. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like, uh, I, I like that honor code and, uh, I, uh, I make sure that my, my children know that honor code as well. 
Because it's, it's not only you, right? You can control yourself, hopefully. Um, but it's also then the people around you at school. You know, and they're sure, of course, maybe they don't behave or, or they don't uh, abide by such a, a high level code of life. Surround yourself with good, positive people who share the same, uh, same values and sentiment and honor code. So, R- Rich, what do you foresee in the upcoming months and year in, in the economy? So I'll give you the the one big data point that we're we're looking at right is is that the the tipping point here for the economy is going to be the the stopping of raising of interest rates. The all the talking heads and, and pundits out there are, are waiting for a pivot, a soft landing, whatever language that you want to use to describe it. That is not forthcoming, at least in our view of it. And when it does come to the point where he has gotten to the point of I wanted to get to this uh, certain interest rate and now we are at that interest rate. Then that is our first inflection point to say the economy can work with knowns. So the unknown of it is, is that how does uh, increased cost of money, increased interest rates have an effect on me, the, the business owner? What, what does that mean to me? What does that mean to the vendors that I deal with, the clients that I deal with? And that's what companies are going through is that unknown is, is that they don't know how that's going to affect. And that's the little bit of the pain that we have gone through. But once that stops, then they can deal with the known and say, all right, now that we know what it is going to be, we can deal with it and we can put that into our budget. We can, you know, deal with knowns. It's a lot harder to deal with the unknown of it, uh, opposing to just financial knowns. So that that'll be inflection point number one. Um, and then we'll hopefully see uh, the economy start to heal after that from a uh, overall earnings perspective from uh, from companies. All right, we're past 30 minutes, and that means rapid fire round. Oh, Lord. Sal keeps changing the question, so apologize as I stutter through this. Favorite cartoon? Uh, back in the day, Looney Tunes, man. Old school, original, very non-woke, HBO deleting Looney Tunes. Definitely Hell yeah, I love the Looney Tunes. Dating yourself, but favorite movie? I really like the... Um, the um, oh my goodness, I can't even think of the name of it. I apologize, I'm completely blanking. It's the, um, the Ralph Fiennes Hotel one. Hold on. Hold on. The what hotel not really one? rapid... Rapid fire here. Born Identity? No, no, no. Come on. It was the Grand Budapest Hotel. Grand Budapest Hotel. Favorite food? Pizza. New York pizza? Uh, I'm just a big fan of pizza, especially coal-fired pizza. Right in the uh, the big oven with the, the wood in it. Oh. Especially Marco Marco down in South Jersey, right? Exactly. <laughs> Favorite sport? Thank you, but no, thank you. I say baseball. Uh, favorite dad moment? Watching the birth of my three children. I'll never forget that. Even when I'm down, I think about that. The smiles on their faces after they stop crying. 
the tears <laughs> on my wife's face. It was just, it was overwhelming. Exhausting, right? No one gives the guy enough credit. I was exhausted. I took a nap afterwards. (laughs) I I took a nap beforehand and afterwards. I know. (laughs) Fell asleep right on that. I'm not joking. That's the best part. All right, favorite vacation spot. I love Amelia Island in Florida. It's a little uh, old school plantation town. Um, 45 minutes south, uh, north, excuse me, of uh, Jacksonville. Right there on the, the Atlantic coast. Love it. Amelia Island. Best dad joke. So if Joe Biden's wife is called the first lady, what do you call Joe Biden's mother? What? Joe Mama. <laughs> <laughs> little bit of a corny mama joke, but it's all right. You're not allowed to touch the board. All right, Sal. <laughs> can't read the names on them, man. They're horrible. Chicken scratch. You should have been a doctor. So, so Rich, uh, where can our audience find you? Are you on social media or, or uh, probably LinkedIn, right? Yeah, LinkedIn. Um so uh, my uh, office uh, phone number would be the uh, the easiest. They could just reach out to me, 201-383-2277. Um, my email, I mean, it's long, right? But it's rlotito at dynamicwealthconsulting.com. Yes, it's long. Dynamic Wealth Consulting, spelled exactly how it sounds. So, Rich, if I may, Dynamic Wealth Consulting, LLC, where client financial education is the driving force to the realization of goal planning and financial empowerment. Richard Latito and Dynamic Wealth Consulting specialize in developing a financial plan for clients, which includes asset management, insurance review, and estate preservation. The firm assists clients ranging from young, goal-oriented professionals to the retiree and everyone in between to have a no-obligation conversation with Dynamic Wealth Consulting, reach out to Rich Latito, 201-383-2277, and he will help you in any way he possibly can. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Does the crowd loves it? You hear that? Yeah. I hear that. <laughs> it's like the Seinfeld clap in the, in the background there. <laughs> so, Rich, uh, what words of wisdom... What words of wisdoms, wisdom would you impart to our listeners, our dads, our new expecting dads, or seasoned dads? Yeah, so um, I, I would do the two things. I, I really like the the idea of of us as as dads teaching our our kids not to lie, cheat, and steal. Right? That that's a very high level, very we would think easy thing to do, um, but you know, lying and and, and cheating and Probably stealing is not the, uh, you know, it's not the most prevalent one, but tolerating those that uh, that do accept those types of behavior is uh, people that we need to cut out of our lives. Um, and then conversely is, is that no matter what we're going through economically, put your head down, invest for the long term, uh, save, save the money, invest in your company's 401k, uh, everything will be okay, everything will work itself out. 
and just um, you know keep on saving on a monthly basis. Control your control your expenses. Control your budget. Put your head down and save. You hit on many topics there. Many many points there. Yeah. Uh, definitely the no teaching your kids not to lie, cheat, and steal. That that's a great dad lesson. Um, uh, we haven't done a dad lesson in a while, but uh, a great dad lesson. And you know, say on a financial aspect, save your 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 savings um, have to be higher than your your monthly expenses in order for anything to work. Um, but Rich, thank you for coming on the show. Always a pleasure. Uh, Rich Latito, our financial guru from Dynamic Wealth Consulting um, for a no obligation conversation with Rich. Uh, give him a shout at 201-383-2277 or uh, you can hit him up on his email, um, rlotito at dynamicwealthconsulting.com. Excellent. Thank you, gentlemen. Really appreciate you guys having me on yet again. I appreciate it.